0: Peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we
1: intend to find it. Hey guys, welcome back. So this is episode three of chapter two of the Lunch and Learn series. And today this is kind of the one we've been touting all all, uh, all week or all chapter. This is where we're, we're looking at trying to give you some, some real applicable Uh, information and and plans for how you can get your sleep dialed in. We've, we've chatted over the last couple of episodes about just how important sleep is and how we feel that we're probably leaving as a community quite a lot on the table with regards to sleep. Um, so yeah, like I said, today is is something that we really wanted to to dig into and, and start, yeah, start kind of turning that tide almost.
0: I'm excited about this episode. Um, due to the fact that, yeah, we're going to go and throw some challenges out. I guess we're going to do another, uh, Big, uh, a massive case study, I guess we can call it. But hey, guys, as we talk about some of these practical applications and sleep hygiene methods and, you know, ways to improve your sleep from going to bed, either that or waking up or how to go ahead and keep yourself asleep longer. Because I know we haven't talked a lot about those things of like what sleep quality is, why we're focused on sleep quality, the depth of sleep that you get, not just the number of hours you get. So today, you know, as we continue talking about this again, I want to go ahead and challenge everyone who does listen to this, try and go ahead and change something within your sleep to help promote it to be better. You know, that could be from, again, we'll go into those things as we go ahead and talk about it and provide examples, but again- this, yeah. this series that we're doing in Lunch and Learn series is for a reason so we can teach you guys something potentially and offer some kind of value to you guys as you listen to us communicate to each other on a conversation that realistically I know a lot of people are talking about. And again, our idea from this is the magic isn't the outcome. The magic is in the process. That's the trick. So really kind of keep us informed and reach out and, and and let us know how these things have worked. And again, understand that this thing, these things do take time. Um, and I yeah. want you guys to understand yeah. that like, this isn't just going to happen over you know, over a week, you know, we, and we can go ahead and use a prime example, which Matt opened up with and talking about before the show was our, our case study, the current case study that we're running right now. And we're about four weeks in to our case study so far, five weeks in, and we are now implementing in in some different types of innovate, uh, innovate interventions interventions
1: or sleep, sleep as long
0: as well as like some psychological stuff and some breathing work. But currently right now, what the first thing I, I gave this our, our, our individual that we're working with was, hey, just go ahead and start doing a, a warm shower in the dark with a candle or some kind of red light so that you can see still before going into your bed and make sure that your bedroom is super cold and it's dark as well. And all we're doing is focusing on adjusting body temperature to downregulate the system. And the first week we found it was actually not helping him sleep better. It was actually waking him up. Well, the reason why I was waking him up was because he would get comfortable either falling asleep before going and do so, or he's laying in bed and talking with his wife and then he would fall asleep and then wake up to go shower and do all those things. Or he was sitting watching TV, just like we all do sometimes. And we fall asleep watching TV and then we wake up to go to bed. Well, of course that's going to go ahead and wake you up. So one of those things we had to manipulate was like, yeah, we're not allowed to go ahead and sleep in your bed anymore before bedtime. Like your bed is to sleep only. It's not to hang out and have conversa- and conversations and and, and TV and understands like, Hey, if you're falling asleep, then have the, the willpower and the discipline to get yourself up, go do your protocol and then go to bed. Simple as that. So yeah. again, there's a lot of different things that you got to take into that. And understand like the consistency does matter and it just doesn't change within one week. Cause you're adding something new into a, a, a routine in your life that your body's not used to. So it's going to be like, okay, what is this? And then once it realizes it's actually good for it, it will maintain it. And and we know as cliche it is, it takes what twenty two to thirty days to create a new habit and for it to help do things. So awesome, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was coming out with that for the for, for the intro of the show.
1: Awesome, yeah, no, cheers, George. So, so first thing I just wanted to to dive into this is again because we're we're kind of we're painfully aware of of the fact that the attached community is a little bit different from the from the kind of the sport and the the, the pro sport world. So we we all probably know from from Hannah George's yapping as well as everything else that we should be looking for that seven to nine hours of solid uninterrupted sleep every night. But we appreciate that for uh for a vast majority of the community, that might not be possible. Like purely logistically, you might not be able to have that amount of time in bed, or it might be that you're you're kind of forced to take naps when you're when you're kind of at work in a ready room or waiting for a waiting for a shout. So that's what we wanted to try and dial into to looking at the other side of the equation so that we know that that um, that sleep is a combination of quality and quantity. So the quantity being the the seven to nine hours, and we know that ideally that's what we should be looking for. But if we can't get it, then we can kind of lean a little bit more heavily on how do we get more sleep quality. Um, so the the kind of, I guess the first thing we we sort of wanted to 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 dive into with with how how we can increase that sleep density is to almost think about your. Um, your sleep not just starting when you lay down in bed so if we if we break the almost the cycle of sleep if you like into like a into a twenty four hour period we'll start off actually when you, when it comes to waking up in the morning so on rising from from bed whatever time the alarm clock goes off that's probably the first suggestion we have is is regardless of when you're getting up if possible try and make that time as consistent as you can so try not to play catch up on weekends and sleep until ten or eleven. Try and be fairly consistent with your wake-up times, and that kind of allows that that natural circadian rhythm that, that George mentioned before, just to just to sort of kick in a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. Um, and married in with that is as early as possible. Try and get some bright sun exposure. So ideally outside, getting some some sunlight in your eyes, um, or if not, there's there's kind of uh, um, like fairly high lux uh, like artificial light bulbs that you can, you can sort of get if you're, if you're somewhere, <laughs> if you're somewhere rainy or, or gray, uh, and that just helps, helps kind of fire in that, that circadian rhythm and, and wake you up. And that can be just sort of 10, 15 minutes along with your, your morning coffee. Um, anything you want to add on, on that one, George, from no, personal experience? What,
0: what I will throw in there though, is the idea, the, the idea and the myth of eight hours of sleep that everyone needs to go ahead and sleep eight hours. And when I want to bring this back to is the idea of the phases of sleeping in 90 minutes, so if you guys paid attention to the, the show, the previous episodes we talked about, we mentioned that, hey, if you get woken up in the middle of a a sleep cycle, that 90-minute sleep, you end up getting woken up and having this sleep inertia. So this is the reason why some people who will sleep for eight hours will wake up and feel like they didn't sleep enough. So biologically, it, our, our, our clocks are really only meant to sleep anywhere between six to seven and a half hours because it breaks it down into fate, in, into those 90-minute those cycles, So the way you look at that is like, well, how many cycles is in six hours of sleep? Well, we know it's 90 minutes, three hours, four and a half hours, six hours. So there's a minimum of four cycles that you get in your sleep, which is very healthy for you, right? Because if we break down this idea of sleep density and the quality of sleep, we then start looking like, well, I need to go ahead and get them into deep REM sleep and REM sleep as soon as possible so that they take advantage of each cycle that they go through when we talk about the idea of healing from emotional trauma, healing from you know muscular and, and physical exertion to the CNS, then to same way as skills and learning, it's like well I'm only accumu- I'm trying to accumulate as many REM cycles as possible. The the the, ne- the sweet number that we're going to look for most people will tell you in in what I've from from the facts that I've read and the research that I've read and from just experience working with other athletes and myself is that sweet spot realistically is anywhere between six to seven and a half hours of sleep, meaning that. If you go ahead and track your sleep and you know, and you sleep decently well, you might notice that you wake up at six hours automatically. It's just naturally what happens because mm-hmm. your body.
1: Is that something you have – I know you said you would kind of played around with yeah, Aura Ring. So I
0: was using Aura Ring, and Aura Ring is a fantastic sleeping measurement just because of the fact that you can put it on your finger, and it's perfect. I've used sleep pads before in the past to track my sleep. The only problem, though, is it, it picks up – the the wife in my in the bed. So it's really kind of not as accurate. But this aura ring that I was wearing. And again, people were probably thinking the whoop or whatever else. No, like the whoop I didn't I didn't I didn't like the whoop. Did it give me some cool things? Sure. Did it allow for me to like the sleep coach thing be decently well? It just created more anxiety for me than anything else. Just because it was like, oh I have to sleep nine hours so I get a full day recovery. And I'm like, and for me I'm like, I don't know if that's like I don't have the ability to sleep nine hours. There it is. There's that example. I don't have the ability to sleep nine hours, but I can sleep six to seven and a half, right? And when, mm-hmm. when I say I don't have the ability, yep. I just don't want to sleep nine hours, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, but sleeping, yeah. I know sleeping anywhere between six to six to seven and a half hour window, like I either get six hours of sleep or seven and a half hours of sleep and I'm going to mm-hmm. recover well. I'm going to wake up rested. It's when I start dropping below that six hours when I start having problems, Is what I've noticed. So, from examples, yes. So, the reason why I say that is again because this accumulation of REM sleep is what helping us, you know, recover, sleep, do the things that it needs to do. It creates, it does its magic in us. So, that's the idea behind that. It's like, hey, look, we understand that you might not be able to sleep for, you know, you're only gonna get six hours of sleep tonight, right? That means then you need a back plan and be like, okay, if I I have to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning, I then have the ability to go to bed at 12 right oh okay. if i want seven and a half hours of sleep and i'm waking at waking up at six i can go to bed at 10 30
1: yeah does that yeah i guess like the the more you kind of i suppose the the more you you kind of shift your waking and sleep time around like you were saying with the case study it, everything's about kind of establishing consistency and the body almost going into like um uh, i think you I think it was maybe in, in episode in episode one you talked about this idea of of it almost being like Correct. a landing pattern, like your your body almost kind of going into like like an yeah. aircraft landing where it was it was going through different checks and kind of gradually dropping down um, and I suppose the more consistent you can have that, the quicker you 're going to fall mm. asleep because we know that body doesn 't like change it, it kind of like particularly the the kind of survival part of the brain is like if anything's different. It picks up on that and it's like a threat, so it it wants to kind of.
0: Dude, it it's great so you bring that up too. Because again, talking about practical application, what I realized and what I found, especially when reading reading some research about it back in 2017, um, what was the number? It was like, it was a it was like sixty something percent that talked about. Most Americans take almost forty-five to sixty minutes to get to sleep or hit REM sleep. <laughs> okay which is which right. which is really high, meaning that they, they they're in longer cycles of their non REM light sleep phase where that doesn't help heal like we said. So the goal is to go ahead and teach the system to go ahead and actually fall into their cycles of sleep within 10 minutes of them putting their head on the ta- on the on the pillow. Oh,
1: okay right? okay.
0: And, and what they wanted to see was like, all right, we need to see this happen within 10 to 20 minutes of people putting their head down because now realistically, I'm getting a legit, the full six. So you're kind of making the most of the Correct, time you're in right? bed. And that's the idea that I was like, well, okay, cool. We know that guys can't sleep all the time, seven and a half hours of sleep. or females can't because they're working the job or whatever else. We know they might be able to sleep six hours. And I know that's a, that's a mm. sweet number that's working. How about we just go ahead and teach them? It's like, oh, you have to be at work at 6 a.m. And you want to train, you know, at 4.30. That means you have to go to bed at 4 o'clock possibly. Well, six hours of sleep, that's easy. That means you go to bed at fucking 10. So you still wake up and do that. If you build that consistency and you start building that idea to go ahead and get to sleep faster and you have deeper sleep, then it gives you that ability to maintain that six to seven and a half hour sleep window that helps you recover.
1: Mm, Yeah, it's interesting. And, And within, with kind of in a similar vein where you were talking about this idea of wanting to kind of fall asleep quicker when we go to bed. And like, I know that's from, from kind of my understanding from, again from from working with the guys i work with the the two main complaints were either that you took ages falling asleep so just kind of laying in bed like mind's going crazy can't shut off or falling asleep and then waking back up in the middle of the night and not being able to get back to sleep they're kind of like the, the two main things but one thing i was going to going to say off the back of what you were talking about is is uh, linking back into episode two i think where you talked about that like kind of sleep yep. pressure building up that's that's kind of where we can during the day. One thing we would we would definitely recommend is is to try and just get if, if this is something you're struggling with, if you're struggling with kind of when you lay down, still being a little bit, a little bit kind of awake and, and not feeling sleepy, um, try and get some more low-level aerobic activity in. And that doesn't mean like go and smash another mech on at max heart rate. We're we're kind of looking at things that are trying to calm the system. So think. Go out for a walk. Uh, keep it nice and gentle. So try and try and have it something that's that's relaxing, but just a bit more physical activity in the day, because again, that'll help that that adenosine to, to rise, help that sleep pressure, so that when you do go to bed, you kind of feel feel tired. And and George touched on that from a from a kind of a, a first hand perspective when he was um, talking about weightlifting, like being a being a, an Olympic lifter as an athlete. And we we know that that weightlifting is is all about kind of Real high nervous system demands, lots of what we what we call kind of sympathetic as opposed to parasympathetic so lots of high intensity um, sort of outputs and because you're putting all your energy and your resources to that, there's not time to do the low level really easy traditionally anyway low level uh, kind of aerobic work, so you can feel like oh, i've I've trained really hard today i was pushing heavy singles at ninety five percent of or whatever but actually the the kind of the amount of the amount of work that's been done not from a physical from a physics perspective the amount of work that's been done is relatively low and that's again what we we kind of recommend just just adding in maybe a couple of 15 minute walks maybe one at lunch one before you go to bed just to help calm that calm that when well, it's down. idea
0: like i like the, the fact that you pointed out like sometimes you might be able to get to sleep faster than you wake up and you're like whoa so the idea going back to this the way the airplane comes in and it lands is if you try and go to sleep while you're at altitude, right, and if you're that plane flying and you do fall asleep, you're going to wake up right back at altitude, right? You're going to be right back at that place you were at. Maybe potentially your, your plane started falling a little bit because he dozed off and lost control, but then it wakes up and it's right back there. So the idea is to do that landing procedure, and the same thing for tactical athletes or for military person who skydive. We know that we have certain procedures that we have to go through as we're getting ready to come down and flare into our landing from a free fall jump. We know that, right? All right, cool. At, you know, boom, I'm waving off. 6,000 feet, boom, that comes through. All right, check canopy, canopy control. Everything's good. Left, right, boom, all right, I'm golden. All right, keep paying attention. Okay, cool. If I'm carrying a ruck, I know when I get below a certain altitude, I'm going to have to drop that ruck right around 500 uh, feet, I believe. It's been a while since I jumped, but that's there. And then I know that I have to go through certain procedures to get ready to make landing. Feet together, nice and relaxed. I make sure I'm flaring. Once I hit the horizon, eyes on horizon. All right, all right. If I'm foam flaring, I can roll into the landing. Compared to again, the same thing with the airplane. If I'm trying to go to bed in a map altitude and I don't go through any of those landing procedures, what happens to me?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've got no plan. None. There's no. there's yeah, it's like no procedures. So the consistency
0: almost. of doing these, doing these landing procedures or these sleep procedures prior to going to sleep, as we become more consistent with it, the bo- the body naturally knows what exactly what we're doing. And guess what ends up happening to us? We end up getting to sleep faster and quicker, which then means we get a high level of sleep quality. At the same time, a high level mm-hmm. of sleep quantity at the high level of sleep density. We've now just done that for someone who's only going to be able to sleep six hours. Now, when you have to take a little bit, meaning you might only have to sleep for four hours, right, four and a half hours, okay, cool. I know that I want to wake up at, at the back end of a REM cycle. I don't want to wake up in the front end or in the middle of it. I want to wake up at the back end as I'm coming out because that will allow for me to be the most alert. End state, cool. I want to look at it from that perspective. So bringing it all together, when we go ahead and look at the practical application of sleep, we want to go ahead and first look at what is your behaviors prior to going to bed, right, ultimately? And then what is your behaviors when you wake up for the day? And then what is your behaviors throughout the day? What, what do you ingest? What is your training like? What's your stress like? And all those things. So yeah, it does take a 13,000-foot a perspective to go ahead and see how we can fix our sleep.
1: Yeah. And like, like we talked about before, it's those interactions of the different pillars. So, so you mentioned like, like eating and we know that, uh, I don't know whether you've, you've kind of experienced this if like calorific is a little bit low for, for whatever reason it's, yep. you often kind of wake up in the middle of the night, really hungry. And, and obviously we know that, that that's, that's kind of horrendous in terms of breaking that, that flow of sleep. So just ensuring you've got enough calories, um, to, to kind of get you, get you through the night. And one thing that, um, Again, I don't know how you feel about this, but one thing I think we're we definitely we've come away from within the sports science community is this idea of wake, like setting your alarm to wake up at three AM and having like eggs and protein shake and stuff like that, because actually the, the the kind of breaking up the disturbance of the sleep that that causes is definitely not worth like the kind of the extra protein, the extra kind of intake you're getting. We we want that sleep, like we said before, it's the closest thing to a magic bullet we've got at the moment. Um, so anything we can do to kind of protect that is so is let's go
0: ahead and talk about a couple of things we can do for to help improve our sleep especially when it comes to individuals who have trouble going to sleep quickly or having trouble going to sleep quickly who put their head down they're just awake for an hour or 30 45 minutes and the individuals who wake up with this anxious running mind right um cool and i guess the, and then some night shift guys some night shift type aspects mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. a few things and when it comes across the board for every single individual we have to create a baseline. What does my sleep look like? What does my hygiene look like? So it's really developing a like writing out a pattern and writing out and observing what it looks like. And okay, cool. From there we then go ahead and create another baseline through utilizing biofeedback um tools as well. Um but I, I what I've found for myself is being being able to sit there and write out the things that I need like, that that's I'm doing prior to bed, the things I'm doing before bed and what is my sleep like throughout the night? And I rate it on a scale of one to 10, right? One being super low, 10 being yeah. the highest, greatest fucking sleep ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that can be kind of how you felt like when you got up, how you felt during the day, like how how good you think your sleep Correct, was right? kind of thing. Like, and if, and if you're
0: waking up every single night, once a night, are you really sleeping a seven or an eight? Maybe not, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those ideas where you just kind of got to break it down. It's like, are you having sleep disturbances? Are you, you know, how long is it taking you to actually fall asleep in bed? Um, When is the last time you took in alcohol? When was the last time you took in food? When was the last time you took in any liquid, uh, you know, water prior to bed? You know, Mm -hmm. when was the last time you had caffeine into your system? What was your training session like? What time did you train at? What is your, there's a bunch of things that come into play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so generally, we let me let me kind of see if I can summarize what you what you were sort of saying is that as part of like a, a uh, afternoon going into pre bed sort of routine. So we're thinking limit caffeine, nicotine, stimulants. What what would you say after maybe
0: two or three? If if we're looking at like a normal day, two or three
1: p.m. And the reason for that like is
0: that. just the breakdown metabolism, or uh, how fast our metabolism breaks things down.
1: Yeah, like we know half life of caffeine is 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 pretty big, isn't it? Um, so then we're kind of going into the afternoon. We know that we want to try and if possible, limit the amount of, of, uh, sympathetic stress. So we've got like, let's say we have a training session at six or 7 PM, something like that. We'd suggest probably trying to finish that with some sort of down regulation. So be it a little bit of yoga, a little bit of some myofascial release stuff, maybe an extended low level aerobic effort to try and kind of bring the system down, um, a meal, but we want to kind of give enough enough sort of clearance for for that to kind of be uh, digested before you start going to sleep um so i guess that's going to be different from person to person but if we if we said sort of if we're looking at that that 9 10 p.m. bedtime finish eating by 7 finish eating by 8 something like 100% that, would you say that's,
0: yeah so then that, how do we take this for the individual who's waking up in the middle of the night simple you go ahead and look at all these different things. Maybe you are consuming caffeine until six or seven o'clock at night, and maybe your training sessions at, at nighttime is, is a high intensity session, which causes a sympathetic response. Well, this now then takes this idea. It's where you need to do things that are going to help manipulate and get you back into a down into a parasympathetic state to help you downregulate and get you go to sleep. That's as when we look at it from the CNS standpoint. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. We got to look at it from a nutritional standpoint. If I eat certain types of foods and my body's react to it differently and creates insulin spikes, it might create a sympathetic response. Cool. All right. Well, maybe that's the reason, the example, prime example, why you just said, right, hey, be done by eating by seven or eight so your your GI tract is done digesting so that you can go to sleep and all the energy is now to you. Um, or, hey, stop putting in food an hour prior to bed. Is yeah. as simple yeah, as that. But how does that transfer over to the nighttime mm. individual, the person that works at night? Well, it's the same idea here. You take those same ideas and you just shift everything before your bedtime in the morning or however you want to look at it to set yourself for success. Again, because the idea here is just consistency and your body just knows that. Again, it's just landing procedures so that we can hit that rack faster. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know you're, you're kind of a big fan, like George, of having like a, sort of two hours out, 90 minutes out wind down routine so you're like sleep hygiene in terms of getting rid of electronics um starting that that kind of process of of relaxing and you you still recommend showers for for yeah so the way i
0: do it and it's actually on our phones is my phone will go so i have a i have a thing i I don't touch my phone anytime after nine and i don't touch it again into the morning until like seven so it's from nine to seven i don't touch my phone it's set up that way but then my sleep time to be in bed by is either between 10 to 10 30 i'll wake up between six and six thirty depending on what I'm trying to hit, the seven and a half hours window, um, eight hour window if I want it, um, which I try and avoid eight hours. I try and hit seven and a half hours all the time, which is fine, but I try and wake up between that six to seven and a half hours. Um, but yeah, so the idea of that sleep hygiene plan and that landing procedure is something that, you know, I've had to play around with and I carry specific tools in my back pocket no matter when I travel. And one of the go-tos for me has been cutting out artificial light within 30 minutes of my, uh, or within 30 to 20 minutes of bedtime. So, and usually what that looks like is like if I want to be in bed by 10 30, I'll go ahead and jump in the shower at 10, 10.05, 1010. And I'll go ahead and take a hot shower with the lights off. You know, and again, I have a red light. Again, because we know that red light doesn't affect our uh the way we we perceive light. So I'll use a red light and I'll do a 10, 10 minute, 15 minute shower and then, you know, sometimes less than that, but I just make sure the water's super hot. And we've talked about breathing procedures in the past. I haven't played around with the breathing procedures. I just kind of nasal breathe and realistically just let my brain wander it, it becomes like this uh this mm-hmm. like meditative place and if anyone doesn't know this when we go ahead and put ourselves into uh into like pure darkness like that we start having different parts of our brain um create different types of uh chemicals to help elicit, you know our sleep um planning procedures i guess you can say
1: and, yeah, and, yeah and
0: again one of those things is melatonin.
1: Mm. you know? yeah. Yes, you know, like nat- naturally, that that kind of starts to rise with correct. with darkness, correct? Um, and that's that's sort of part of that feeling of, of feeling tired and mm-hmm. sleepy, and um, yeah. Um, interestingly, like I, I know that melatonin is something that's that's normally um, most used for travel, like for changing time zone. Um, I don't know how we'll get back onto our our topic. I'm I'm just genuinely interested in this. I don't know how you find melatonin if you've used it much before. In in the UK, uh, it's something that has to be prescribed to you. It's not something you can just go and buy. Um, And so kind of since being here, like when we first arrived, obviously jet lagged and things like that, I played around with taking it a little bit. But I found that uh, I could only take a really, really small dose. Like I'd literally quarter the smallest tablet I could find. Um, and I find that was kind of okay, but much more than that. And I'd get like a real bounce in the middle of the night. Like I'd wake up and be sort of just feel a bit unsettled. I've, I've no idea what the kind of the physiological reasoning behind that is, whether that's some kind of like, almost like a super compensation effect. Like melatonin was so high that it, your body's kind of clearing it and it sort of wakes you up. Have you heard of a, have you heard of a
0: supplement called GABA? We, we produce it in our brain when we get, it's the, it's the chemical that keeps us asleep long. It keeps us asleep. Um okay. Right now, I don't know how accurate this is. I might have to look into it. it. Might maybe we can, you know, ask some some doctors who know about it. But my idea and theory behind that is that when we go ahead and put in artificial melatonin when our body's not producing it already, it elixirs response where the melatonin creates it, cre- it starts to like produce and the GABA doesn't produce. Where so when you okay. have too much melatonin in the system and not as much GABA in the system, you then end up having that jolt. So
1: it's Correct, kind of right? Much. So the goal
0: is to have the two balanced to mm-hmm. allow for you. So what I've been seeing people do is actually supplement with GABA as well instead of melatonin. Um, okay. But to be honest, I, I, have, I used to use melatonin. I don't use it anymore. I just, I think I just over time mm. I've been able to reset that, that aspect in my, in my body to go ahead and create that melatonin just from all the problems. And I don't know if that's a thing or not, but, yeah, yeah. um, we do sell,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's certainly not something, yeah, but it's something,
0: more. but it is something we do put into our, our teddy bear night, night, which is one of our hot selling, uh, protein. It's a casing protein with very small dosing of melatonin, which again, we've heard nothing mm. but great things about it. So I think it, it does yeah, come yeah. down to a certain percentage of melatonin per person and body weight does matter. So when you guys are looking at that, make sure you guys look into, you know, how you should go ahead and take that melatonin because too much of it will cause you to wake up in the middle of the night or cause you to be too drowgy, uh, drowsy on the back end. Just understand that. So how do we go ahead, again, elicit the response in the system to go ahead and create melatonin naturally? That pure darkness, it ends up creating that. You know, I like to do um, light deprivation sometimes for like meditation stuff because it does create this natural, like hallucinogenic effect um, from it all, which is good for you. So, you know, that's the biggest thing. So when we go back to the idea of like, what does this look like? Okay, well, your landing procedures need to be very well, right? So, okay, we already talked about mm-hmm. what it looks like for the an individual who is having trouble going to sleep quicker, who's waking up in the middle of the night and then who who's doing work at nighttime and has to shift their, their sleep schedule. Just flip-flop it and still have the similar landing procedures or sleep procedures. Yeah, yeah. So what if someone's waking up in the middle of the night most of the time that's due to anxiety, I feel like, or other situ- other problems, or you drank too much water prior to going into bed, or you ate too or you ate too late in it, or you drank something, or you put in some kind of external substance into your system, which closes the ability for you to go ahead and hit REM sleep or deep sleep. So you you're cycling through it quicker and you're not getting what you need. So potentially you're a lighter sleeper, you get to be woken up to things like temperature, sound, and other external mm. sources that might affect you to, to wake up. One thing I did found found to work for me especially and i've seen some other people and this was i've seen this through just pure anecdotal experience but what was really cool was dr uh matthew uh matthew walker talked about this as well um again i was really impressed the way he explained things but he goes you know the simplest way to get someone from having you know waking up in the middle of the night is take out all electronics and and all clocks he's like because people are so yeah. anxious and what happens is when they wake up in the middle of the night and they have a clock in their room oh it's t- it's I went to bed at 10, it's 11.30, right? Where they might've thought they slept mm-hmm. for four hours. It's because their body actually naturally went through a REM cycle. So now when they wake up and they're like, oh, it's, 11, it's 12 o'clock a.m., I gotta stay asleep for the next six hours and makes it like our know, next-
1: Yeah, you kind of correct, get more anxious than right? so, you. And then back into a symptom response. Kind so of-
0: taking rid of that, and then yeah. as well as getting rid of an alarm and naturally let your body okay. wake up. So- stop worrying about because that's literally what happens is everyone's so worried about waking up because they know what's to come (laughs) is literally what it is it's and that's the reason why it's like okay let's get rid of these things and these problems to make that happen um it is really a big piece of of why that happens another big thing is and i'm not going to say journaling because it's not journaling but you know either before bed you write down things and this is something i do in the shower before bed is i'll go through my day for the next day and make sure that i'm like all right boom 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 so i'm
1: yeah, something I was, was going to jump either on. I use the back
0: plan, or it's like if I have something that's in my head, I need to write it down. I'll write it down in my phone prior to you know my down regulation thing. What I also found helped me out too is like waking up. If I wake up in the middle of the night and something's in my mind, I'll write it down as well. And that,
1: yeah, 100%. And it'll 100%, allow for 100%. me to go
0: ahead and get back to sleep. It's out of my head. And again, it's all about moving energy, right? That's all it's doing. Mm. So again, there's many ways to figure this out again. We're not sleep doctors understand that we're, we're we're not physicians. We're not, this is literally pure facts that we've utilized and seen work and really small different changes that you need. Some people might need sleep apnea machines. Some people might need to go ahead and, and, and use other methods, but we're coming from, Hey, how do we go ahead and do these things correctly before we move to those things? And I want to,
1: yeah, you kind of pick the low first, hanging fruits first. Before Correct. Before you escalate.
0: Um, and then another big thing too is understanding breathing work. And I know we don't we talk a lot about it, but if we can go in and teach a system to have a down regulation of breathing, w- to create a parasympathetic response, it will help us sleep as well. And, and I mean, you know, Doug and a lot of people will talk about this. When I started focusing on my breathing as I put my head down on my on my pillow you know, I just started counting, like I would just let my body focus on breathing. I I set a number for a while, but after a while it went away and it just focused on me just sitting there breathing. You know, it allowed me to go to sleep. You know, like I said in the past, like I'll do a prayer before I go to bed. Like I'm laying in bed after I'm done my thing. I'll pray real quick, say my prayers, give thanks for the day, bring the next day. And then all of a sudden I'm out. It's like a, it's like a magic trick. Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: yeah, it's it's part of your it's part of the yeah. landing procedure, isn't it? It doesn't matter. That's almost kind of what we're saying. It doesn't matter exactly what that procedure is, as long as for you it it kind of it brings you into to into kind of the landing. Um, no, I th- I think that's that's awesome. And just to to kind of wrap up, one last thing I was going to say about the the sort of pre bed stuff is is we know the importance of temperature. Um, so. Almost as much as light, we know that kind of changes in temperature are really closely linked with falling asleep and staying asleep. Um, generally, cooler, I think, is, is certainly personally, but I think generally cooler rooms and and going into a cooler environment when you start winding down is is kind of really helpful, and that that almost links into the like the final topic I wanted to kind of to to chat about is again because we know the community this idea of travel like how do you how do you kind of re-establish sleep if you're traveling either from unit to unit or if you've got deployment or if you're kind of you're changing time zones and we know that if you can again if you can establish that that kind of landing routine that consistency that's going to be really key and that can that can be things like like temperature so if you're in a hotel room or if you're somewhere where you can set the temperature try and try and sort of mimic whatever it is that you have got working at home. And that might be windows open, or that might be, um, that you can kind of use aircon. Um, another, another one, um, I, I found personally has been quite helpful is if I know I'm going to be traveling if possible, take your own pillow, because then you've got, again, you've got some consistency, something that's familiar, or if not even just take your own pillow case, that's something that you can kind of fold up and, and put in a bag. And it, it sounds really silly, but like the smell of, of like the, the, uh, washing powder and things, it's all that familiarity and and allows the body to kind of calm or the system to calm rather than seeing it as a a sort of a a stress response. Um, Yeah. Traveling wise. um, We know that like we kind of talked about before that that's where melatonin can be, be really useful. And I believe it current thinking is it takes about a day per time zone to it it does somewhat
0: to it. And and there's, there's ways you can work around that with breathing protocol work. something I used to focus on was, Whenever i go to the East Coast a lot, I would have to do a lot of breathing protocol work to go ahead and help get me to sleep. And then when I traveled back, I would have to do a lot of breathing work to help get me to sleep. So pretty much all I'm doing is just making sure that I keep this oxidative system high, so that it helps relieve, um, you know, that ATP in the system that's going to keep me awake ultimately. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about was you said it perfectly. You know, when we talk about the the wake the sleep hygiene plan or the landing procedures, the sleep procedures before bed, what does matter as well is the the waking up. And the reason why I want to say that is because of the fact that you've now gone through multiple accumulations of REM sleep and you're now waking up to start your day. This also matters because it's understand that your body goes through this thing. It it focuses on circadian rhythm. So it also, the rhythm doesn't stop just when you go to sleep. It also happens when you wake up and then throughout your day. Going back to temperature, because I think this is the biggest thing. Is the reason why people wake up in the mornings isn't because of just sunlight, it's because of the change in temperature in the room. So what ends up happening, if you think about it, if you live somewhere where it's really hot in the summer and you're used to sleeping and all of a sudden you notice that you're waking up earlier, it's probably because as the sun's come up and the day's gotten warmer. Your room temperature has changed even with the way the AC is. So understanding and knowing that, that, hey, I'm being woken up not because of the light that's coming in or hopefully you shouldn't have any light. I'm being woken up because of the change in temperature, if that makes sense. That's how sensitive your body is. Mm. So when you wake wake up, something that you need to be focused on is don't touch your phone. Don't go ahead and go into this, 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 this like takeoff mode, right? You also need to have a takeoff procedures, so, you know, something that I like to play around with. Again, I don't touch my phone until about seven, seven thirty. You know, I text you this morning at seven, right? I was like, I was, I was awake at six. Woke up, I was like, cool, I don't touch my phone until seven. I had showered, I did some meditation, I had like drank some water, I had tested it, my elite HR, I tested my HRV. Um, I just kind of walked around, got myself ready for the day. And then by the time I knew it, it was an hour in, I was like, all right, cool, I'm ready to rock and roll. Um I made sure to yep. put in food before putting in any caffeine in so I didn't I made sure to lower to put something in my gut to to go ahead and get it active so I'm not putting something like coffee or tea that's super um toxic. So for example, I now wake up and my first thing I do is water with some kind of minerals of potassium, magnesium and sodium hy- uh, citrate and I use like Raylight or Liquid IV. Mm-hmm. Do that, and then you know I make sure I eat something before I put in tea. So I went away from coffee the first thing in the morning to go into tea with breakfast, and I've noticed that's helped my sleep mm. as well. So oh, oh, cool!
1: Yeah, that's. So again, guys,
0: yeah. you know some of the landing procedures. Um, you know we talked about some of the procedures while you keep waking up in the middle of the night, and then your takeoff procedures for the day. Understand that like that consistent wake up time is, cons- is 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 it matters a lot that consistency of not rushing into an stress anxiety mode right away that consistency of you know don't don't drink coffee first thing in the morning when you wake up or put an energy drink in i've seen people do that um, it's it's not it's not good wake up get yourself slowly moving maybe do some breathing work while you're in bed get out of it go use the bathroom get yourself set up started for the day And again, does it have to be an hour? No, if you wanna do 30 minutes, but understand like, hey, if I gotta be somewhere at 7 a.m. in the morning and I wanna have 30 minutes to myself, then I'm gonna wake up at 6 a.m. because I know it's a 30-minute commute. Maybe you add that 30-minute commute as your hour to your time, meaning you do some meditation, not meditation, but like some breathing work where you're driving. You're like going through your day for the day. You're eating your breakfast before putting coffee in. So again, all of these things matter on the front end and the back end and within the middle of it all. And then know that throughout the day, like, hey, maybe I should cut out caffeine by 3 o'clock. Maybe I shouldn't drink, you know, whatever else within an hour of bed or two hours of bed. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, so it's just taking an accumulation of all these things. So this show went a little bit longer than we we expected. Again, like I said, we wanted to do uh, 20 minutes per, and we might just break this into a two-part. Um, but again, guys, the idea behind this, this episode was the practical application to us and how do we manipulate it. And realistically, it comes down to just minor behavior changes right
1: mm, yeah and and give it a give it a shot like i said we've, we've kind of talked about it but but this sounds so cheesy don't just take our word for it try it so take like we said at the start maybe take 14 days or so take the first few days to kind of like perform a bit of self-analysis see where you're at with things are you satisfied with your your sleep density with how good your sleeping and your recovery is Um, Think about what your, like George was saying, your your landing and your takeoff procedures are respectively, and see if you can kind of have a little bit of a plan. From there, if there's things that you think you can change and, and you want to improve on, Pick a couple of things, literally two or three of the things that we've talked about today and try implementing them. Choose the ones that kind of fit most closely with your even lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and see it makes even, a change. And even just yeah, one, yeah, again, right? Just even if you're having trouble sleeping, don't try and just throw everything at the kitchen sink. Let's go ahead and do one thing at a time. And be like, okay, I'm going to try this out for the next month. And then if you've done that for a month, yeah. then add something on top of that for the next month and see how it changes. Again, one thing I learned in the weightlifting community, and this is something that I really take to heart is that. To get one kilo PR is it takes very long times right but what's cool about that what gets us to that one kilo PR is the consistency of work that we do to get that one kilo PR so if we're consistent in let's say you know if you're sleeping only four hours a night and you're you know or you're sleeping you're in bed for six hours but you're only sleeping four four or and a half because you're waking up well let's try and get that to five hours of sleep how do we change that oh well maybe we do something very minute and changeable like the, the shower before bed into a cold room and make sure you're You have some kind of sound machine. I like a sound machine. We use a fan in the room. So that keeps me asleep too. Um, We have blackout curtains. But again, all these different small things just kind of start making things, you know, very, very small changes to give you a bigger uh, bang for your buck over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like like George talked about right at the start, kind of be aware that, the the key to this is consistency and routine so by the very nature of you changing something of doing something different it's probably going to take you a few days to to sort of get used to it so don't flap and and panic if if the first time you try something it it throws you way off be consistent try it for seven to ten days and, and see how you go um Last thing, just to kind of wrap up this, this, uh, this chapter in terms of resources and things you can, you can sort of check out for more information. Um, softly on have, if you've not been there already, have a look at our YouTube channel. We've, uh, we've got a couple of, of really good videos on, on sleep, both, um, from chatting with, with Brooke from a nutrition perspective, uh, and also, uh, Jeff, where the, the kind of the conversation is, is slightly different. Um, obviously, we've got more stuff to come from from the Conscious Warrior system, um, and like we said before, the the magic really there is seeing how the other pillars interact. Um, so, so definitely, kind of carry on checking some of this stuff out, and then we'll show notes. We'll, we'll make sure we whack all the the books and, and references that we've used. But a, a big plug to to Dr. Matt Walker, um, who's yeah does a great job of making this stuff so accessible and so so understandable. I think that's about it for me, George. Um, unless there's anything else like specifically for the veteran community here
0: that looks at sleep. I mean, that could be a whole other podcast and we can go for another 20 minutes for sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a really good idea. We should probably do a, uh, do a conversation on that actually, especially how we can help transition out of the military and whatnot. So maybe we'll go ahead and put that as a, a lunch and learn series that we can talk about, but thanks for listening guys. I hope you guys this, enjoy this, enjoyed this chapter and these episodes. Again, this was only wave tops and us really get into it. The goal with this is to go ahead and create a, uh, what we're doing is putting together some really cool, uh, I guess (laughs) I don't even know how to word it, but these are just getting the word out there and getting everyone to understand what it is that we're looking at and how we want to go ahead and help increase performance, not just from a physical standpoint. So again, thanks for being open and listening to it again, try implement one, two. And if you're, you're that kind of guy or that kind of lady who wants to implement all uh, different three, four or five changes, go for it. Um, Keep us posted and we'll talk to you guys soon.